Good morning. I want to welcome you to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. We are excited that you're here with us on this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we're excited that you've chosen to worship here with us at Boiling Springs this morning. Uh, we want to welcome any visitors that we may have here this morning, uh, anyone who may be visiting for the first time uh, or may have been here before and, and are back. We want to welcome you here this morning. Uh, we would invite you to connect with one of the members of our staff or a member of our church, and we would love to give you more information about our church, and we would love to welcome you here this morning. I want to remind you of a few things coming up. Uh, this afternoon, um, there is a uh, reception in the fellowship hall uh, for Ted and Roseanne Daves uh, from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Uh, this is in celebration of their 50th wedding anniversary, um, so we're excited about that. Uh, and as we celebrate uh, Ted and Roseanne, uh, we would like to invite the church, anyone that, that, that would like to come to that this afternoon, that'll take place from 2 to 4 in our fellowship hall. Uh, we also want to take notice of the flowers that are placed in the sanctuary this morning uh, in honor of their 50th wedding anniversary. Um, so we wanted to take place of the flowers and the event that will be taking place in our fellowship hall this afternoon. Uh, as you may have noticed up front, we have a, a display for our Vacation Bible School, which will be starting one week from today. Next Sunday, uh, our VBS will take place from June 5th to June 9th. Our theme for this summer is Submerged, so we have a water theme. Uh, I know Ellen um, and, and several others have been working very hard on this Vacation Bible School, um, and so we would encourage you to come and, and participate, to bring your children, uh, to bring your youth, and to come yourself and participate in the, uh, the, the fun week that, that, that we have prepared for VBS. Um, on Sunday, our kickoff will be from 4 o'clock to 7.30, and then from Monday through Thursday, we'll have VBS from 6 o'clock to 8.45 p.m., so we would hope that you would come for Vacation Bible School starting next Sunday. Uh, we also want to take notice of the, um, the flap that is in your bulletin. Uh, I'd ask that you would look at that. Uh, if you're interested in, in joining our care ministry, or if you may have prayer requests, uh, that you would like our staff or our church or our congregation to be aware of. Uh, we would ask that you would just do that on this slip and that you would place it in the offering plate this morning. Uh, as I said, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, and so tomorrow on Monday the church office will be closed for the Memorial Day hol holiday. Um, and so just keep note of that, that the office will be closed tomorrow. Uh, also coming up this week uh, on Wednesday night, we will have our last fellowship meal uh, for this time of the year. Uh, that'll take place at 5 o'clock this Wednesday night, as usual. Um, this will be our last fellowship meal before school starts back in the fall, and so that will take place this Wednesday night. Uh, and we would also like for you to take notice of the several announcements on the back of your bulletin uh, and in other places in your bulletin as well. As I said, we are glad that you have decided to join us this morning at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Uh, at this time, Cedric is going to come up and have a missions moment this morning, and we would just invite you to worship along with us this morning. Hello, everybody, and I want to welcome you all again to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Thank you for coming. And I want to express my gratitude to my community of faith for continuously praying for the nations and helping me to uplift those nations that many, uh, that many people um, through, the business of our, through the business of their lives um, forget. And it's easy to forget that um, of all the things that's going on in the world because of everything that's going on in our lives. And I just want to give thank you all for participating in this calling that the Lord has led me down. Um, I just want to say a lot of stuff has been going on in the world these past couple of weeks. Um, a lot of natural disasters, um, a lot of things going on in countries dealing with refugee situations, dealing with um, terrorist um, attacks. And a lot of things have been going on in our country, too, socially, politically, economically. And a lot of times it's easy for us to think that there's so much hurt that it's hard to see the goodness in this world. But there is good in this world. The Lord made this world, and he saw it as good. And he made all the things in the world, and he saw all things as good. And we need to remember that 
And we need to also remember that God is working in this world. Um, despite all the wrongdoings, despite all the injustices, God is working. And Christ called the church to be a light to the world. And one of those ways for us to be a light to the world is praying for the world. Because prayer is one of the most powerful gifts that Christ has given us. It is a gift that has been bestowed upon humanity since the beginning of time. And we as Christians understand and believe in the power of prayer. So I ask you all today to please join me as we go to our Father in prayer to pray for the nations, for our nation, and to pray for our community, both inward and outward. Please join me. Dear Lord, we humbly come to you, Lord God, to seek your will, Lord, and we lift up the nations of the world, Lord, and we lift up our own nation, Lord. We know, Lord God, there's a lot of pain and suffering that's going on, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you hear the prayers of our brothers and sisters, Lord God Almighty. You hear their sorrow, and I pray, Lord, you bring comfort to them, Lord God Almighty, and allow and allow your children, Lord, to be a comforting light to them, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to provide opportunities for us, Lord God, to be a light to those who are suffering and to those who are going through trials and tribulations, Lord. For those who, are, who don't know where to turn to, Lord, we pray that you go into their hearts, Lord, and open, and open up opportunities for them to be comforted and helped, Lord God Almighty. We pray, Lord, that you continue to allow us, Lord, as your children, Lord, to be witnesses to the gospel, Lord God Almighty, to those who do not know and to those who do know but still needs to hear, Lord. We pray for strength and we pray for guidance, Lord God Almighty. In your name we do pray. Amen. Thank you. Let's continue to worship God this morning by singing Great is the Lord, hymn number 12. Please stand as we sing.
this coming Sunday, not today, but a week from Sunday, we are going to have Bible school. And our theme this week is going to be submerged. And we are submerging today under the water. We have fish. Can you see all the fish? You want to pick one up and show it to everybody what we've got? Mm -hmm. Okay, pick me up one. Which one? All right. James has one of our fish that's floating. On, oh, here comes Georgia. <laughs> got to have some help. <gasps> Who is that? Is that Nemo? Well, Nemo is under the ocean with us today. So next Sunday is going to be Bible School Sunday. And we are going to get wet. So, but submerged, we're going to study about ourselves. We're going to learn what Jesus sees when he goes deep into our heart. You know, we often see what's on the surface we see the waves and everything, but we don't always see what's down below, which is where we got our fishes today. So next, at Bible school, we're going to study what Jesus sees down in our heart. And that's real important to see. Nemo, he's there, isn't he? So next Sunday at 4 o'clock, Georgia, just a minute, okay? Next Sunday at 4 o'clock, Wear are you something that you want to get wet and come to Bible school and tell your mom and dad to go sit out at the picnic shelter for a little bit. And then we're going to have our water and our pools out there on the front lawn so you can get wet. And then we're going to have hot dogs. Can you do that, Georgia? Can you come back next Sunday to Bible school? Are you sure now? You'll be ready to get wet. You going to be ready? Okay, I have something for you. Hold on. I found Nemo. James, you hold on to this. I give one to Aiden. And I give one to Miss Georgia. Okay? That's to help you remember about Bible school. Okay? You like Nemo? Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Hold on still. Hold still. Dear Lord, thank you for these children. Thank you for the love that's in their heart for you, for your son Jesus. As we enter into this time of celebration and joy that we get from Vacation Bible School, open our hearts and our eyes to see all that you do for us in ways that you dig deep and make us walk in faith the way you do. We thank you for this day and for our children. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Our next hymn of praise is hymn number 32, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. Please stand as we sing together.
Good morning. We want to praise the Lord. Lou Reese is at home. Many of you know she has had hip surgery. She is here so faithfully, and all of us uh, that are here um, on any consistent basis know Lou Reese, and so we are excited for her and glad that she is home. She's doing well, and I know we very much appreciate your love and concern to know of, to know of your love and concern. Um, want to mention or just follow up on children's sermon. Ellen has done, is doing a great job and Julie and Lana and all of those who are preparing. I know for VBS, I saw copies being made this morning and materials being handed out still. And so, uh, be mindful of VBS. And I would also say that if you are not plugged in in some way and would really like to be, please talk with me, with Ellen, with Lana or with, uh, Julie days. And we would love to find a place for you. I'm sure we can do that. And please join us. We have a cookout next Sunday night and water games and, um, if you're not around children that often but enjoy seeing children, it'll be a great time just to come and watch children play and, and see them get wet. And so we encourage you to come out and be a part of that. This is Memorial Day weekend, as is evidenced by a few empty seats in our sanctuary this morning. But uh, we want to be mindful of those whose names are on the front of our bulletin this morning who have uh, departed and uh, are now with uh, the Lord in heaven. We want to remember them. And we also want to remember those who have served our country well. And, uh, and who are no longer with us, but we are thankful for these men and women who have served us well and for their families. Let us be mindful of them as well this morning. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Father, we have so much to be grateful for. And Lord, this is yet another day to come and to say thanks. But Father, help us to not only say thanks with our mouths, but Father, help us to say thanks with the way that we serve, with the way that we love, with the way that we treat other people with the way that we reach out to other people. Help us to say thanks in these ways as well. Father, we're grateful for our church. We're thankful for what you're doing here in our midst. We do pray for those who are not with us today, that you would protect them, give them traveling mercies, and Father, that they would have a, a good time of recreation, uh, recreating themselves as well uh, this, this weekend. Father, we're grateful for these lives, these, these names who have been mentioned on the front of our bulletin. We're thankful for the faith they possessed, for the witness that they were, and, Father, our hearts are heavy in their loss this morning. We're also heavy, Lord, towards those who have lost their lives in service to our country. We do not forget them today as well. Lord, continue to be with those who are serving uh, the United States of America uh, here at home and overseas. Lord, protect them, protect their families, and, Father, provide for their needs. Lord, we are so thankful for those who have recently undergone surgeries and those who are recovering well. We give, give you praise for those who are dealing with cancer, dealing with treatments. Uh, Lord, who have been recently in the hospital, we pray for your strength and your mercy and your presence in their lives this day. Lord, challenge us as a church how we can uh, love those within our community who need a place to belong, who need a place to grow together. Help us always to be mindful. Uh, help us to treat those faces that we see and we know very well, Lord, with love and grace. But, Father, help us also to extend love and grace to those whom we do not know that well and to reach out and maybe go beyond uh, a comfort zone or step across the aisle or across the uh, over a few pews or whatever it may be, Father, to reach out to these whom uh, may be new to us. And so, Father, we're thankful for all that you send our way. We're thankful most of all as we think about gratitude for your son, Jesus Christ. We're thankful for his death his life, his death, his resurrection. Because of that, we all can have victory over sin and over death and over the grave. So, Father, remind us of that victory today. Challenge us in our faith today. Encourage us in our faith and speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to. You know us individually. And so, Father, help our hearts and our minds to be open to hear the things that you would have to say to us this day. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ and his church said, Amen. As we prepare our hearts to um, hear the word that Keith is bringing to us today about faith, um, we're going to sing an, an old favorite, Have Faith in God. Please turn to page 405 as we stand and sing Have Faith in God.
pray with me? Father, we do thank you for today, and we thank you for the privilege of coming together and, and worshiping um, as we think about the, the, um, the many ways that you have blessed us and blessed our country. And we ask that you continue to bless us and that you continue to remind us that no matter what is happening around us, no matter what the disappointments that we may experience or the challenges we may face, that we can have faith in you and that you are always with us. Please open our hearts to share the love that you have given us with others, with the time that we spend, with the um, with the ways that we invest in other people's lives and with the money that you have blessed us with, help us to also share that with the church and with those around us in need. We ask these things in your name. Amen.
Good morning. Um, I'd like to invite you to join me as we read today's scripture from Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Uh, I will be reading from the English Standard Version this morning. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion had heard about Jesus, he sent, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us this synagogue. And Jesus went with him. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me. <clears throat> and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well.
I want to ask a question this morning. I don't know your... We have in a room this size, we have a lot of different personality types. Would you agree with that? Um, I want to ask you a question. How many of you hate looking for stuff? I don't know anybody that loves looking. You, you don't like, I mean, you don't like looking for stuff, right? I don't know of anybody who loves looking for stuff. But sometimes when we're looking for stuff, we find it in the most unlikely places. Would you agree with that? My wife found her car keys in the refrigerator once. We looked over the house, looked in the car, looked everywhere, in the door. Because sometimes you, you, if you're in a hurry, bringing stuff in, you might leave your keys in the door. Found them in the refrigerator. Has that ever happened to anybody? Anybody want to fess up? I saw a hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Um, but, you know, finding stuff in unlikely places. Today, and thank you, Sandy, for reading our scripture this morning, we have found the faith in someone who was a very unlikely person to have been uh, attributed or uh, commended for his faith. This faith, great faith, was found in a Roman centurion. I don't know what your image is of a Roman centurion, but I, I get, you know, in those church plays where I, when I grew up, you have the, the helmet that goes on with the big side metal pieces that come down and this purple plume thing that's on top, and you have the breastplate that fits tight and big, and then you have big hairy legs, you know, from somebody that's wearing a skirt, uh, you know. Uh, but you have a certain image of, of what a Roman centurion looked like. They were tough guys. But yet we hear from this passage today that uh, the slave, the servant of this Roman centurion, someone who shouldn't in, in this day and age deserve a second thought of care. Sometimes if they got too sick, they just wouldn't be concerned about them. They would help them to die. You know, it, 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 this was someone who uh, a typical Roman centurion would not be that concerned about. But we don't know what that relationship was like, but we see here where the Roman centurion was very concerned about his servant and uh, was asking Jesus, recognize Jesus' authority, Jesus' power, and was seeking Jesus' healing touch. A Roman centurion, uh, it was believed to be over about 80 men. Many people believe it, it could have well, well been 100, but I was reading somewhere this week where it's 80 men, and um, it was a very uh, reasonable type of position. This wasn't a, um, a uh, uh, it was a very responsible position. It wasn't a uh, superpower type of, of position, but it was one that would also, also lead to wealth. Um, that this Roman centurion, as he continued in his faithful service, uh, could have been a very wealthy individual. But a Jew in this day would not have expected, again, to find great faith in a Gentile, much less a Gentile who was also a Roman centurion. Uh, the thoughts of these men were not that commendable. The centurion was a good man. It says in the scriptures for today that he deeply cared for his servant when his servant was sick. We don't know much about his character, if he was gentle and kind, but I imagine that he may have been, especially towards his servant. It was not fitting a stereotype of a Roman centurion at all. This fact that he cared this much for a servant is quite remarkable. It truly is. He also was, how do I say it? He was an unprejudiced person. He was an unbiased person. It says in the passage for the day that he loved our nation, that he loved the Jewish nation. Now, Roman centurions weren't known for their love of Jews. I mean, most Roman centurions hated the Jews. They were prejudiced against the Jews. The last place that a Roman centurion ever wanted to go on assignment was in the God-forsaken part of the world called Palestine. Why would a Roman centurion want to go to such a place? So what did he do in the story for us today? It says that he built their synagogue. Why would a Roman centurion or anyone of Rome help to build a synagogue in this Jewish town of Capernaum? I think the Romans, uh, we give them, they know more than we give them credit for at times. Yes, they were uh, hated by the Jews, but yet they recognized the moral order that a synagogue can provide. And if this helps Rome keep the order and keep the peace, then by all means, let's help these Jews to build a synagogue. So not only was this Roman centurion very kind to his servant, but he was also known as a friend to many in the small town of Capernaum. I don't know in other communities what the relationship was like for a Roman centurion who may have lived nearby, but here we see this idea that, um, I don't want to say he's a respectable member of the community, but yet he was respected by many who knew him. Um, not only those under his command, but for his kind and caring in the way, in the way that he led as a leader. But um, 
What, what kind of person is it, uh, is this, who not only is unprejudiced towards someone else, but is willing to build a temple for their religion? Imagine a Jew in Israel building an Arab mosque. That would be crazy. Here we have a Roman centurion helping to aid a Jewish community in the building of a synagogue. He loves our nation, meaning that he acts favorably towards the Jewish people. And he has built our synagogue, meaning that he most likely attributed financially toward the building of the synagogue as well. Matthew says that uh, the servant was paralyzed. And many of you, I know this morning in Sunday school, looked at another passage uh, of of this uh, story in Matthew 8. And it speaks of the man, the servant, being paralyzed. Uh, it speaks of the servant. It speaks of the centurion actually talking with Jesus. I, I believe Luke, uh, for his audience, and he was writing mainly to a Gentile audience. He was writing to Theophilus, both at both for the Gospel of Luke and for the Book of Acts. And I believe that uh, Luke wrote in such a way as as all authors do, uh, with their hearers in mind. And so he's writing to a Gentile audience, wanting uh, the Gentiles uh, to be held in good esteem. And ultimately, we know, of course, who responded. Uh, most favorably towards the gospel in the beginning of the first century. And it was not the Jews, uh, but it truly was the Gentiles. Uh, the synagogue, the Roman government, uh, regarded, again, got, regarded synagogues as a place to help keep the moral order uh, and to help maintain order. The faith of this Gentile Roman centurion was quite remarkable. You and I, I think, are pleasantly surprised at times when we come across people who we may think and draw the conclusion in our judgmental minds sometimes that this person probably doesn't have great faith. And um, we, you know, we come across these people maybe in community in the world today. Uh, but I would imagine that that was also the attitude of, and the thoughts of many of the Jews in that day with this Roman centurion. And Jesus had something different to say about this man. Uh, we received an email from a, I mentioned this on Wednesday night, but we received an email at the church this week of someone who has emailed what we have come to know thousands of churches. His name was Scott Blumenthal, and he lives in Boonville, Missouri. He has a special needs daughter. He is in his 40s. His wife's in his 30s. They have a six-year-old special needs daughter. He's working 40 hours a week at one job and going and working about 16, 18, 20 hours a week at another job um, in, in the evenings and on the weekends. And he said there's not a lot of opportunities around Boonville, Missouri. But he was asking uh, for prayer by faith, believing that there was something better for his family. He doesn't know us from anybody, but he sent us that email this week along with to other churches. He's responding and sending these, sending these emails. And uh, sometimes these things come across, and, but for some reason this week this struck me. is why would he do this? And I started thinking about the passage that we were looking at this Sunday morning and started thinking about what it means to have faith. And to the common, to the casual observer, this would seem silly that this man, you know, he certainly needs to be pursuing other opportunities. And I'm sure that he is. By his e- email, he indicated that he was. He was not asking for any help in his email, which that struck me as, as um, even to give it more attention in the sense that he's saying, pray for me and pray for my family. He's reaching out to people of faith, asking that they pray for his family and that they can have a better life for themselves and for their daughter. What I love about this passage are several things, but it speaks of uh, Jesus commending the faith of this Roman centurion. It says, Have I not, uh, haven't found faith like this in all of Israel? I can't imagine what that was like for the Jews of the day. That would be like somebody coming in here and speaking of the faith that they found in somebody who, again, we would think would not have great faith. Um, we don't really have any enemies, I don't think. But it, it, it could be, in a sense, maybe a terrorist or somebody speaking of some great faith in some person that would be appalling to us. That is, in a sense, what Jesus is doing here before his listeners. He is speaking of the great faith of the centurion, and I'm sure that he angered the crowd by his words. But what he said in verse 9 uh, needs uh, further attention. Jesus says, now, or when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him. And turned and said to the crowd that was following him, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. And let me back up to verse 8. The centurion says, for I also, he understood authority. He said, I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. But the fact that he knew that Jesus could heal his slaves simply by speaking 
is what led Jesus to say what he did about this centurion. To say that, uh, to have Jesus marvel over us. I'm afraid there's not a lot of times um, I can speak personally. I can't speak for your life. I know there are many times that the Lord simply can't marvel over my faith. The other times where Jesus is, is, is listed or one other particular is to the disciples. And he marveled, but he didn't marvel at the same thing. He marveled at their unbelief, as we see later in Luke and, and uh, earlier in Matthew as well. Uh, but something about that is very special to me. When Jesus was marveling at the faith of this very unlikely person. We talked about finding something at the beginning of our time together in a very unlikely place. Jesus is finding faith in a very unlikely person here with this Roman centurion. Most Jews have went through training in the customs and traditions of Israel. They were raised to follow a certain path. They were raised to recognize at times the presence of God. And yet Jesus speaks the way that he does about this Roman centurion. Again, I can't imagine what might have been the feelings of some of the Jews for a moment. I mean, at that moment. Imagine for a moment if Jesus were to walk into our congregation and declare our enemies more faithful than us. Imagine for a moment if Jesus were to declare our oppressors more faithful than, than us. Imagine for a moment if Jesus declared a terrorist or a criminal more faithful than you or I. This is how shocking, again, Jesus' declaration would have been to the Jews of this day. Luke does not paint Gentiles in a negative light, and he does not do this here with the centurion. Again, let's remember that Luke is writing to the Gentile reader Theophilus. Simeon is the one we read a few chapters earlier in Luke who uh, dedicated and blessed Jesus. Um, and uh, those who heard what Simeon said, again, in Scripture, when I think about the world marvel, I think about the word there earlier in Luke where it says amazed, that the people were amazed at the things that were said about this young baby. But we see the statement coming true in what Simeon said. He said that he would be a light of revelation to the Gentiles, if you remember that passage. And we see that statement coming true in this interaction with the centurion. Jesus marveled at the officer's faith, just as he later marveled again over the lack of faith among the citizens of Capernaum. In praising the centurion, Jesus also tweaked the ethnic attitude of the Jews. A Gentile with greater faith than any of them, scandalous. His words must have, again, enraged them. There's the impression here that the very people who were supposed to know about God and know of his works were simply not getting it. Here we see that a strong and deep faith can be found in the most unlikely people who don't always fit our preconceived notions of what strong faith should look like. If you and I had to answer that question this morning, we would talk about um, uh, the couple with the two kids that lived in the nice home, that attended church faithfully, that had good jobs and good family, and um, had good family support, and we would say, this, this, this family's got it together. This family is, is and, you, know, they, they, you know, they're good people. This, this family walks by faith. But I would beg to, to, to say or to offer us today that um, faith could also be found in that single mom or single dad who maybe has a type of job that some considers questionable. They struggle to make ends meet. They're hardly ever, if rarely, in church. And, um, but yet Jesus comes along and we hear him say to this one that they have great faith. What would that look like today in our society? The older I get, the more I realize that you can't judge a book by its cover. Amen? Some of you know that better than I. Or you can't judge a person by the external. The words that they say, their culture, their length of time being in the church, and a lot of other things. We judge or evaluate people by the things that we can only see with the, with the natural eye. But God, we know, looks at the heart and knows what is really going on in our lives. You and I and others, we can, we can fool a lot of people, but we can't fool God. He knows our hearts, and he knows our thoughts. These are people from the external who look very spiritual, but on the inside, they're not spiritual. Other people, uh, they're not what you would consider very spiritual, but they're people of great faith and great trust, great integrity, and they walk closely with the Lord. Let us not be quick to judge either. Just because someone doesn't fit the mold we would like for them to fit doesn't mean that they don't have faith. Again, we talk about this idea of finding something in an unlikely place. We, find this, we think about this idea of finding faith in an unlikely person. 
We talk about people who don't look like us or walk like us or or faithful or rarely or, or not faithful or rarely in church. And so some of you may get the idea, okay, Keith, you're working against exactly what we're doing here today. You know, I've got so-and-so with me or maybe... Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm praying for so-and-so to be more active in church, and you're not helping me, Pastor. You know, work with me here. Why is it that we come together to worship? If we can have great faith outside of a church, why come to church? Good question, don't you think? So you pray for me as I try to answer this. Um, We can hear stories of the faith of the centurion. We can hear stories of God's grace. We can hear stories of how God is working through his church is my firm and deep conviction that God desires to use the local church. As sometimes uh, we come across as um, churches can, and some churches are, uh, or, or lack this spirit within it or this life within it at times, but it's my hope and prayer and my firm and deep con- conviction and belief that God desires to use the local church to reach out to the unloved to reach out to the unfortunate, to reach out to those who need hope and those that need forgiveness. And we can do far more together than we could ever do by ourselves. We come together for encouragement. We also come together at times, and we don't come here to be convicted, but at times when we hear God's word read, when we hear God's word preached or sung or or words of a prayer, we find ourselves being convicted about the ways that we can improve our faith, the ways that we can strengthen our faith. We can hear some of these things apart from church, but we hear these things, I would hope, in a consistent way when we come to church. We hear these stories of grace. We hear these stories of forgiveness. We hear these stories of transformation, about how I was walking this way in my life, and I'm not sure what exactly happened, but on this day, the preacher was saying this, or the Sunday school lesson was on this, and God began to do a work in my heart and in my life. That could happen on your own. It could happen outside these walls. But the things that God desires to do in and among his people cannot always be found outside of the local church. God desires to use you and me to be people of faith, to reach out to the people who are maybe uh, faithless or who are struggling to find that faith. And my hope is that they will find faith in Jesus Christ here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. That this is not just something we preach and teach and it sounds good and, and we look good, we've got, we dress nice and we've got a nice sanctuary. But my hope is, is that when people come here, and it's not only when people come here, but as they interact with you and me, may they discover and may they feel and come to know the grace and the love and the forgiveness and the hope that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We all know of people who we work with or who we go to school with, who we interact with, that need hope in their lives, that are struggling. Maybe they're trying to put up a good front, but they need a word of hope. They need a word of encouragement. They need to know that you love them, that you're thinking of them. What small ways can you show them that? And I think we'll be surprised as we begin to open up and share life in community with other people that we'll find that some of the ones who we thought maybe had a weak faith actually had a pretty strong faith all along. And maybe some of these have been burned or hurt by the church. I don't know. Uh, But it's my hope and prayer that as we move forward in ministry together as God's people, that we will reach out in love and offer that hope and that forgiveness and that love that can only be found in relating with God's people. May you and I leave this place today being challenged to have stronger faith. Stronger faith from who? From an unlikely Roman centurion. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each one gathered in this place. Lord, when we read your word, it challenges us. And we really take it in. It can change us. And it can can transform us. It's done that to many in this place today. And Lord, my heart's prayer today is that there are some that need to be challenged. If there are some whose lives have been uh, moving forward with status quo or complacency, I pray today, Father, that you would challenge that heart and that life today. I pray, Father, that we would look to you as we did in the beginning. The churches in Revelation, you often tell them, those that had strayed away to repent and to do the deeds they did at first. But, Lord, help us to repent and help us to look to you as the ways that we did at first when we first believed and when we first come to know you. Father, in a church this size, there's, we're all, we have all, we've all fall at different places in our relationship with you. Some of us are, as, as we would say, are, are, are hot, are on fire, and some of us have, have grown cold in this place. But, Father, I pray that you would take each of us, no matter where we are, 
and help us to take that next step closer to you. If we feel like we're on the outskirts and uh, we're kind of just hanging on with life and with faith, I pray, Lord, that we would have the strength and the courage to take that next step. Lord, for those in this place today who are strong in their faith, Lord, I pray that we would look to you and grow even stronger in the days ahead. Father, you know each heart and each life in this place today. We're so thankful for your presence in us, and we're thankful that you continue to use imperfect people. And so, Father, take us as we are and use us. Increase our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today, the altar is open. You would like to come and pray or talk about membership, talk about salvation. I would love to do that with you. Uh, let's stand and sing together. Hymn number 416, My Faith Looks Up to Thee. Please stand as we sing. <laughs> 